What are you talking about? Hell no. Uh-uh. That ain't gonna fly. Facts, homie. Straight facts. I just want to keep it real. It's all I know. Fake news? Uh-uh. Why would you do that? Exactly where did you get that from? Nah, can't believe it. Man, you gotta come with some papers. You got to show papers on that. This is it, man. This is the start. This is the start. Yeah, man, this is how it's gonna start. It, yes, man, real spiel. This is how it's gonna start. The show starts. Huh? Yes, man, the intro. Real spiel. Real spiel. Yes, real. All right, how's everybody doing? Yeah, I'm not alone. This is not a solo mission. This is a dual venture. Um, how's everybody's weekend going? Hope it was eventful as ours was. You're listening to Bryant Jones and Tim and Jay. What up? Represent WSN. I never represent, but I definitely have a strong association with them. But hey, what's going on? We don't allow any branding on the podcast. You can cut that, right? WSA is not cutting me a check. Fair enough. So no tagging of any stations. <laughs> it's local. It's just local branding. That's all right. Cross promotion. How was your weekend, Tevin? My weekend was pretty eventful. Um, a little bit more turnt than I expected it to be. What does that mean? Turnt. Uh, so the definition of turnt is to be extreme. I know what turnt means. Okay. What um, is? What do you mean by it was more turnt? More turnt. Okay, so I basically, so I don't know, you know, I, I, I host that Cloak & Dagger. Oh, this is another endorsement. <laughs> I host uh, an MC at Cloak & Dagger on U Street. Uh, so uh, yeah, so I had to do that that evening. But uh, prior to that, we had a little function at the crib. We had a nice little um, Taco Tuesday on a Saturday. Thing. We did indeed. That's more branding. Now after <laughs> one after one minute of Tevin talking, Cloak and Dagger owes me fifty dollars. <laughs> WUSA owes me two hundred. Yeah, million. I was about to say you got to upcharge that one. Yeah, they definitely get upcharged. They got more money technically. But in any case, yeah, we did. We hosted a little Taco Tuesday on a Saturday. It was nice. Had anywhere between, what, 8 and 12 people in here? Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice vibes, good people. Um, females that we all know well. Guys we know well. Good fights on, good food, being cooked. Yep. yep. Nice. Thank you. Oh, I think that was a that was a bit of a compliment, right? I, I guess I can... Yeah, the food was good for sure. Okay, I mean, good. we made I'm, we made some meat. I mean, I, Tevin primarily took over the yeah, cooking responsibilities. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just go ahead and put it out there. I, I cook. And let them know that... I did well, and I can do it again. Anytime you guys want to do this, we do this. Kickbacks. Yeah. And I cook. This is the true sign of someone who doesn't normally make (laughs) edible food when they have to brag about the fact that they made meat. But I can tell you the finest restaurants in the D.C. area. That's a skill. That's a skill for sure. No one one takes that away from you. But yeah, no, they were good food, good tacos, uh, good tequila. Um, we made a bunch of margaritas. We had vodka being poured in the fruit punch. A lot of stuff going on. And uh, this was all surrounding one of the most exciting events and of the winter season so far, I might say. Right? Dude, I, you know, I don't even uh, get into sports that much. But, like, man, I was waiting, waiting, waiting for this one, dude. I was... Yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the Wilder Fury fight. And by the time everyone had skedaddled, 
I got everybody about that bitch like Martin. <laughs> By the time the main card had popped off, they were all gone. I had the kitchen pretty much settled, and yeah, the fight could commence. And it was a fight. It was a fight. I unfortunately missed it. I did have to go to work. But can you enlighten us a little bit on um, some of the holidays? Well, I can't really give a I can't really give a solid opinion on the outcome of the fight because I only saw it once. Right, and I feel like any fight like that, you have to watch multiple times. I need to watch it with a detailed, like, uh, I guess you would call it judge's eye. Because I just watched it from a fan's perspective okay. the first time. I didn't rewind it. I wasn't able to look at the highlights and points and, you know, measure distance and all that stuff. That you know, like just, something, is that something that you, what you have done in the past? Like, oh, yeah, I rewatch old fights all the time. Watch old decisions like the Canelo Triple G decision, the first one. I watched that like four times just to figure out how in the world Adelaide Bird could have, you know, made such a horrible call. Right. And I rewatched this fight to figure out how that side judge, I forget his name, but I know it's a dude this time, it wasn't Adelaide. He gave uh, six rounds to Deontay, which is crazy. So, oh, you don't think Deontay deserves six rounds based off of what you're saying? No, honestly, I don't think anybody deserves six rounds. I don't think anybody deserves six rounds of that fight because it was such a heavily and hotly contested battle all the way up until Deontay knocked him down in the ninth and then knocked him out. Shit, ostensibly. I mean, it looked like he was knocked out for right. at least eight seconds of that 10 count. Yeah, I definitely saw that knockout. Like he passed out for a good five seconds. He was dead, man. I've never seen anybody get up like that. Have you seen any of the memes? No. <laughs> Surprisingly, as much as I'm on social media, I've not seen any of the memes. Yeah, Boss Logic put one out of The Undertaker, but with Tyson Fury's face, you know, <laughs> superimposed where Undertaker's head is. And it's really, really funny. It's him getting up out of the uh, coffin like he used to back in the WWE. <laughs> yeah, he popped, that's how he popped up, though. That's literally, okay, I can see that. <laughs> that's literally how he popped up. Speak of the devil. As I say this, I open up Instagram on my phone. First thing. And it's the first thing on my news feed. <laughs> Deontay Wilder dancing. Looking at Tyson Fury get up. Oh, man. All of us had the same look on our face. It's just crazy. Because when that happened, you have to understand. It was like a Creed movie in the sense that if Deontay didn't get that knockout at that point in time, he was going to lose that fight on points. Mm. He was going to lose that fight on points. There was no way in hell you could have called that fight a draw without a knockout like that in the 12th round. Interesting. It couldn't be another lackadaisical so-so knockdown like there was in the ninth. Because in the ninth, he knocked him down by hitting him in the back of the head, but he didn't do much damage. Right. Tyson got right back up and was still fresh and went on to win the rest of that round, in my opinion. So, I don't know, those first seven rounds... You could say, like, for a draw to happen, this is why I don't understand why people are super pissed about the draw. Because at the end of the day, for a draw to happen, with Deontay getting those two 10-8 rounds, all he had to do within those first eight rounds is win one. So you can't definitively say he didn't win one of those first eight rounds. That's all he has to do to get a draw with two 10-8s. You know, if you're looking at how the points break down. So... Because that knockout, it just holds that much weight over, yes. over just having a, a good boxing match. Yeah, because Tyson Fury was putting more leather on 
Deontay's face to quote boxing enthusiasts. Right. He was touching Deontay more, but it's just because that's his style. Right. He's got more head movement and he's more sleek when it comes to actual boxing ability. Mm-hmm. But Deontay's a knockout king. Exactly, and that's what matters most, especially in heavyweight competition and in boxing in general. Whoever does, whoever lands the most damaging punches should score the higher margin of points. So from that standpoint, Deontay definitely landed the more power shots. So in my opinion, a draw is a good thing for both fighters. It's good for the sport of boxing because now Anthony Joshua is totally left out of the picture. Yep. Not totally, but... They eat more than enough, though. <laughs> enough that nobody on this side of the pond gives a fuck about him. He, he needs he needs the, the, a fight from one of them now at this point. He's gonna, it, honestly, in my opinion, it's, like, it's going to be a sense of him begging for that kind of recognition now because these and, guys are the... Yeah, they're the, the it factors right now. And you're an outside outsider's perspective. You're the perfect perspective because you're not a boxing enthusiast. No yeah. whatsoever. And I and I but I but I've, I saw, you know, being on social media more than enough, you see the, the stuff that goes back and forth, the social media beefing between Joshua and Deontay. It's like, all right, well, shoot, at least somebody stepped up the plate and actually gave us an amazing fight. Also a dope story. I mean the, the guy's background man, and the stuff that he came from and that he uh, you know that he you know, got through those, uh, my man, uh, Tyson Fury. Yeah. That, he, he went through some stuff, man. Yeah. You know, and mental health issues is a serious thing, and I think that's something that definitely should be always amplified and, and spoken upon, and, and people should be fully aware, because who knows where he could have been at right now if, if he wouldn't have taken the steps and the, the procedures and things that he had to go through to, to get to where he's at. He's a great ambassador for mental health, and he's a great ambassador for the heavyweight division. So a draw was the best thing for all parties involved, including Anthony Joshua, because now I think he's forced to fight one of them for a greater sum of money than was promised before. Because before it was $50 million. If they could generate a $50 million sum on the first fight between Deontay and AJ, now... Everybody can probably get paid. <laughs> Shit. Everybody can cut a fat boy check. Facts. Yeah. Everybody. I mean, this should be a huge fight. I mean, I want to see what the pay per view numbers look like first. I'm hoping it's over three hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. You know that anything over three hundred, you know, four hundred thousand for the Deontay Tyson fight would be huge. If it gets between those numbers, then you know we're definitely looking at between six and seven hundred fifty for the rematch, Jeez. which means. For a super fight between whoever beats Wilder or Ty- whoever wins between Wilder and Tyson in the second fight, the AJ Wilder or AJ Fury fight should, you know, be worth a but solid just, amount of money. But just like you said, though, million like, pay per view buys. Gonna, I don't know who knows how relevant that's going to be at, uh, once it gets to that point, though. Like, I don't know. I just don't. We're looking at December 2019. Right. Well, okay. For we're talking about the rematch, right? No, I'm looking for December 2019 for a fight between Uh, AJ and whoever. But it's like, why are we still putting AJ up on this high pedestal where it appears that we're... Because he still holds one of the belts. Or he holds three heavyweight belts, but... But Deontay holds one. No, I'm I'm totally tripping. He holds all three. He holds WBC, WBA, and WBO. Okay. Or, my bad, IBF. Okay. Deontay holds a WBO. He only has one? I thought he had two. He has a WBO, the main one. The main one. That's yeah. what Deontay has. Yeah, that's what Deontay has. Okay. Joshua has the other three, IBF, WBC, WBA. Mm-hmm. But WBO is the oldest of all the organizations, I believe. Okay. That's the first organization. That's the one that matters most. All right, so I see what you're saying. So we got to do this rematch, get this rematch out of the way, figure out who's you know who's really the, the champ for the WBO, yes? And then we move on to the guy who holds all the rings, pretty much. And when 
you can meet up with Thanos. Mm-hmm. You will unify exactly the title, All the fucking and things. there will be yeah. one true lineal chump. Say the Tyson Fury, the one true lineal chump. The heavyweight division. Yeah, I gotta apologize for this guy. He's been working on this Tyson Fury accent for the past week. Um, it's getting better. You can't take nothing away from me or Deontay. Oh, we both come in that. We, we won that fight. We fought that fight for our families. <laughs> we gone in there. We came out healthy. We went home. And I'll tell you right now, I think everyone in that ring and everyone who watched that fight knows I won that fight. That's actually pretty good, man. The man's got no boxing ability. You to keep going, huh? I'll take that back. <laughs> the man's a phenomenal fighter. He's got the heaviest right hand I've ever felt. And I'll tell you right now, it's a good thing AJ didn't jump in there. Because AJ would have been out in a whip of snap. Alright, that's all. <laughs> well, that's Tyson Fury. That was good. Don't want you to let me have your you, It's gotten better. <laughs> we go with trash. <laughs> Working on it. But yeah, Tyson Fury's coming along, and I think it'll be good for the sport of boxing. So, outside of boxing. A lot happened in that sport. There was good MMA on, too. There were more good fights this weekend. Your boy, Vasily Lomachenko, is fighting at 9 o'clock on Saturday on ESPN. So that's a free fight people can check out. He is fighting Jose Pedraza, who holds the WBO super uh, lightweight title. So um, Loma holds the WBA lightweight title. When is that? That's Saturday at 9 o'clock. The same night as UFC 231, which I will be watching very, very closely, because that will have the featherweight title on the line between Brian T-City Ortega and Max, the chosen one Holloway, the wild boy out of Holo- out of uh, Hawaii. So that'll be a fun fight. I'm picking Ortega. Um, Ortega, and I think you've shown me him before. Yeah, T-City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he had a nasty uppercut knockout on... Um, God, what's his name? Frankie Edgar. Frankie mm-hmm. Edgar, a legend in um, the light heavyweight division. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's a great fighter, phenomenal dude, uh, undefeated, mm-hmm. um, young guy. I think Brian T. said he's only like 28, so up and comer. Max Holloway's actually fought Conor McGregor before, and that's the only person he's lost to. He's on a 13-fight win streak, mm-hmm. which I believe is the longest f- win streak in UFC um I don't know UFC history, but it's the longest win streak in the UFC right now, which is probably the longest in UFC history. I would have to look it up. But in any case, it's going to be a really fun fight. So that's for the featherweight title on um, Saturday. And, yeah, good football this weekend coming up. Yep, yep, yep. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, the, the Steelers lost. Steelers lost and – It's okay. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's all good. I'm, I'm fine. Are you sure? I don't allow sports to affect my well-being. I mean, it's still the Steelers, so. No, but the outcomes of games or the outcomes of sporting exhibitions don't, you know, affect my mood at all. You have a jacket and a hat with the Steelers emblem on They were both purchased for me. They were gifts. Okay. Right. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't allow the outcome of athletic competition to affect my well-being unless I have money on it. I just don't because these are millionaires. These are organizations outside of my control. And I nine times... Yeah, no, people are crazy. They treat sport like religion. They're little bitches. A bunch of bitches out there. Unless you have money on the game or unless your friends play, 
you shouldn't be wrapped up in the outcome. Yes. I've gotten over that. Very good point. Yeah, I've got too many friends that play sports. I mean, my buddy Orson, I, I said this on the last podcast, he plays for the Browns. They're a direct rival of the Steelers. Am I going to root against him? Of course not. I went to high school with the man. I know him personally. Unless you're a diehard Steelers fan, and then you're like, man, fuck my best friend. <laughs> it's true. There are people out there who will say that. There are people who will say, fuck their mother. If they were diehard Steelers yep. fans and their mom happened to be on the Ravens staff. So <laughs> it's whatever. She could be a janitor. But at the end of the day, I mean, I know a couple of dudes who play on the Steelers too. It's all good. It's all love. But they lost in usual, typical Steeler fashion. At least it seems like Steeler fashion the last year. Just a lot of mismanagement of the clock. A lot of disorganized offense with Ben just throwing the ball up. Talking about he don't care if he going to throw interceptions and be a gunslinger. A lot of infighting, injuries starting to mount up. I mean, this is not the time you want to be going on a downslide as a football team. And we we happen to be infighting amongst one another. What? Yeah, for sure. On the team? Like the teammates fighting? Yeah, pointing fingers at one another. I mean, last week, Ben Roethlisberger went on his weekly radio show, which any quarterback that has a weekly radio show, you're a bit of a bitch. In my opinion. (laughs) You go on a weekly radio show to point fingers at other teammates and to make it seem like, oh, I'm not the problem here. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's the greatest quarterback in the history of the Steelers organization. But he's a bit of a prima donna, and he talks a little bit much for my liking, especially for a dude who throws as many interceptions as he has and for a dude who's had as many off-the-field issues as he has. Yeah, it can be healthy for for a team, you know, just to to be going in like that about, you know, all the faults and the problems. Yeah, but I will forever respect the Steelers because throughout the history of the team, they've only had three head coaches, Mind you, this is one of the oldest organizations in sports, not just football, but in sports. They've only had three head coaches. Chuck Knoll, Bill Cower, and the black mad genius, Mike Tomlin. So I love them through and through. I love Mike Tomlin through and through. He's a leader of men, and I believe he'll write the ship enough to the point that we'll still win the AFC North, make a playoff run to maybe the AFC Championship where we'll lose to Kansas City at home. At their home, not our home. Don't but first year. Yeah, that's that's what I think. I mean, or we'll lose to the Patriots before we get to the Kansas City Chiefs. But in any case, we'll be there. We'll be in the dance, and we'll make a, a nice a nice run of it. That being said, basketball. Mm. I, can, I, can get, I can get a little bit deeper into this. That too is happening. Basketball is happening. Um, a player I mentioned on the last podcast, Nikola Jokic, the Joker. Um, a baller amongst ballers had another triple double the other night. He is the only center in the history of basketball to have not just one 15 assist game. All right, mind you, this man is damn near seven foot tall, plays the five position on the basketball team. He had 15 assists three times, three times, I believe twice this season and once in a prior season. I mean. He's my favorite player to watch. If you're not familiar with him, get familiar with the West Coast time zone because those games come on mighty, mighty late. But they're fun to watch. They beat the Toronto Raptors by two the other night. And if you watch the highlights, you'll understand why he's, to me, the most the most skilled center in basketball. I wouldn't say the most dominant, but definitely the most skilled center in basketball. And he's the most fun to watch with the ball in his hand. He's a throwback to... Uh, um, one of my favorite players one on this old school game I used to play, I can't think of his name, uh, Arvita Sabonis. Hmm. He's a center from Russia who is universally recognized as one of the greatest big men of all time. He's like a combination of 
Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Walton, and Shaq. Jeez. Yeah, because he could pass like Bill Walton. He had a dominant move like Kareem, and he was as big and as wide as Shaq. Shaq yeah. You know, but he had ball skills like Pistol Pete Maravich. It's ridiculous the hmm. things he could do with the basketball. But he played over in the Eastern Bloc. And um, I believe he's from Lithuania. Yeah, I believe he played over in Russia and Lithuania through most of his prime. Came over to the NBA later in his career and uh, played for the Portland Trailblazers and was still very good. You know, played with Scottie Pippen and those boys and made a deep run. But Nikola Jokic reminds me of him. That Euro style of play where a big can pass and do it all is real fun. Real fun to watch. So that's exciting. He had another triple-double with Gary Harris injured. Jamal Murray played well. Uh... Basketball, basketball, it's good, it's strong. I love sitting listening on your podcast with you every now and then because it's more of just like it's informative. Because I don't know a lot about sports, you know. I don't know. I don't. I just don't dive into it. I like it. I love watching the games and things like that. But you know, just sitting here listening to the knowledge that you that you bring, you come you come in with a lot of good knowledge. You do a lot of good research. So you're helping. You're informing me as well as a lot of people out here. Just for y'all out there listening, I don't respond because I don't know nothing about what he's talking about. But I'm in the form. Well, let's talk about something that you might know a little bit of something about. <gasps> These album releases. Uh-oh. What do you think of the new Meek Mill album? Have you heard any of it? I've heard some of it. I, have, I, I can't say that I've listened to the entire thing, but I'm definitely a fan so far. Some of the, the, the different collabs that he's had on there, I'm, I'm a big fan of. Um, I like the song that he did with Drake. You know that 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 bump pretty well, and then I'm a big LMA fan. You know, so let's I, talk about this. Mm-hmm. Who out there thought that that was Beyonce on that damn song? Right, didn't, she didn't sound like Beyonce. I, I I get what you're saying. Like I, I know that you said you said you mentioned earlier there was like a line on there. The, the, the song or the the lyrics that she's singing is from a previous. The song Beyonce. arc, yeah. When it comes okay. in, it's early in the morning. Right. That's a, that's a good LMA too, man. Uh, you know what I'm saying? She yeah. comes in like that. Right. She's doing a Beyonce imitation or interpretation, a little bit, yeah, I mean, or something. You got. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna do a line from a Beyonce song, you might as well fully you know emulate it um, and then get into your shit. I mean, that's what musicians do. That's what singers do. You know, they they take lines and riffs and runs and lyrics and stuff like that from. Previous people, it's kind of like a little homage, you know. And it's dope that you recognize that not being a musician, like yo, that, that sounds like a Beyonce thing right there, like, and she sounds kind of like Beyonce. She probably meant to do that, you know. She probably wanted people to have that quick little reaction, like oh, that, yeah, that's that. She did that Beyonce on that joint, and now, now if she pull a Robin Thicke and come out like nah, that nah, that's all me. Like I was, I was just doing that because of me, and then that, now you gotta, you gotta drag her through social media. Yeah, no, yeah. I, it, it might just be a neophyte's ear mm-hmm. where I thought it was Beyonce, but anybody who knows music was like, oh, no, that's LMA doing a Beyonce thing. Yes. So right. it's whatever. I mean, that shit, Sam's. I like that song a lot. Mm-hmm. But go on. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's not, that's pretty much just it. I mean, um, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, Mikos, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna dive back into it, you know, just do a full listen to it. I try not to listen, get really heavy on the, the big hype. You know, release dates and when everyone else is listening to it, I don't know why. I just don't like getting into live conversations. I'll listen to it when I'm into it, and then I'll give my commentary. You know, my own time. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna 
dig with Deep Red and Me. Who else? There, there's some other albums. Little Baby dropped one. That one was fun. Yeah, that was a fun album. It's good. It's actually got a Meek feature on there. His his albums are. I mean, all Little Baby songs are always fun. He's probably had these tracks sitting in the vault for a solid couple months. Mm. I mean, I feel like Little Baby just got, like I said, a vault of tracks. Like he he came out of nowhere, right? Think about like left field. How long you been listening to Baby? Because you you, about a year. Sure you you introduced me to him, but only about a year. About a year, I've been hit to him, but I'm sure he's been in these streets for a solid three. Uh, quality control music has a lot of good acts between okay. Yachty, yeah. me, uh, not me, uh, Yachty, Baby, Migos. So just between those three, they got all the heavy hitters of the young cats. But I believe they have other acts too. So yeah, quality control music is a little umbrella under. Hmm. I want to say Universal, but I'm not 100% sure on that. We can look at it. Yeah, I'm not going to fact check right now, but yeah, that's 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 good music. I mean, yeah, them boys be jamming. All those young cats coming with them hitters. Right. You know, I hate on them rappers. Yeah, they call them the Mushmouth Rappers, but Meek Mill definitely had a lot of lyrics for us. He showed us lyrics on Dead. Yeah. Jay-Z had a feature on one of those songs where he was yeah, that snapping, yeah, that boy. Yeah, yeah, he did go off on that. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, he was dropping some lyrics. Ooh, dropping some knowledge too, man. Just to, just to, <laughs> so wild. Just hearing you mention like, oh yeah, these young boys are jamming, and then you jump all the way up to, damn, there, Jay Z, man. Like the fact that this dude is still out here jamming with these young boys, man. Like he longevity, dude. Like how to talk to this guy, man. Like, well, he's one of the. He's gone into a realm. Where, if you're talking greatest of all time, dead or alive, mm-hmm. you can't even bring up Jay-Z because it's a given. Yep. He's in that conversation with Jordan where it's like, bro, if we're talking about the best basketball players of all time, it starts there. Mm-hmm. So, it's incomparable. You just don't, you don't compare him to anybody. Just, that, that's where you're putting him? Jay-Z's I can see in that conversation, man. Yeah, he's in that conversation. For longevity's sake alone. You got 18-year-olds bumping them the same way 38-year-olds are. That's unheard of for most rappers. Same way 50-year-olds. I mean, you, you, you forgetting this, this. My dad, my dad's 52. And he, that, he, that is his favorite rapper. He got every freaking album. He got he got vinyl versions of some of his stuff, man. Like, so it's, it just goes to show, man, that the dude is, man. Hey, Jay, you the and, man, bro. <laughs> and he's one of these artists where even if you don't like him, Damn show better respect him. That work ethic is insane, dude. And his ability to mold with the times and shift with the business industry and the structure of how things are done and to cut off friends like Dame Dash and take on new artists like Kanye and cut off new artists like Kanye. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's just awesome. Embrace new voices like J. Cole and bring them under your wing. It's just great. You know, the way he's been able to mold talent, build up a stable to shift from that image that got him here with the big pimpin' Memphis bleep, Benny Siegel, gutter, grimy, drug dealing, 99 problem shit, to the corporate office business side of things with the corner view. It's just beautiful. It's He's a beautiful thing to see. the Quincy Jones of hip hop. He's literally Black Panther. Yeah. He's a superhero out He's here. Superhero. <laughs> it's him, LeBron, and Obama. <laughs> So, if we want to talk about where things begin in terms of goats, 
them the goats and shit right there. And people talk about basketball, you know, LeBron not being a goat. He a goat from the macro level perspective because Jordan didn't address the culture, and that's always been a problem for me. Right, right, right. Jordan's always going to be a part of the culture right. because he Jordan and he right. was so great. Right. And he got the shoes. So the yeah. shoes. Yeah. But at the end of the day. In terms of addressing issues within our culture, he's always been sort of on the back burner with that. So to me, he'll never be the macro level goat. He just the basketball goat. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like with boxing. But he can hold that. I mean, he, he can. That's, whatever. That's a, that's a long, long. That's a, that's a, thousands of players to. <laughs> he don't like, give a fuck about my opinion. No. So it don't matter. Right. But I'm just giving it anyway. Anyway. But when it comes to sports goats. Like Muhammad Ali is the sports goat yep. in boxing, but Floyd Mayweather is the overall macro level goat. Yeah. If you're looking at money, yeah. staying healthy, yeah. longevity, and the record, yeah. and the actual skill of boxing, it's Floyd. Right. You know, he's the overall goat in this thing. And I you feel can like go he down knows that. He recognizes that. That's why he jumped out of that shit quick. Cause he's like, you know, look, I'm not about to. There's certain. I feel like he knows that there were certain people out there like, I, I can't just step just to anybody, but let me go just go ahead and. Be smart about this and not be greedy. You know, I think that was a very smart, you know, you know, decision on this part to, you know, I right, just take a step back and like just enjoy what I got and and, and do more than just you know be people facing him. He's an incredibly acute businessman. Yep. You know, as much as people want to judge him for his outside of the ring antics, which I'll be the first to do so. Domestic abuse allegations, domestic abuse. Uh, uh, indictments, domestic abuse charges being pressed, and you know whatever he's been in, he's been in jail for beating women. But at the end of the day, he's made very sound decisions with his money so far. But don't be surprised if he's broken ten years. Yeah, that's a that's a commonality. I'm thinking that in that sport primarily. Like, yeah, that. it's a common thread amongst all A level whatever you want to call them, bell cow fighters. All right, so this is Mike Tyson? Mike Tyson is Mike Tyson's right? not broke because right. he's Mike Tyson, but as much money as he should have, yeah, he's broke. He was bankrupt at one point. He lost all the hundreds of millions he did have. Mm-hmm. I mean, now the money he has is from speaking and from movies he's done and engagements. I mean, the only fighter who's probably not broke, broke, I mean, like uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, I mean, he did well by himself, and he's still very healthy, and I think he took care of his money well. But all those dudes have money issues at one point or another, and I don't even think he's an exception. Pretty sure if I Googled some shit, he probably had IRS troubles or something like that. It's hard not to when you have that much money, but when you come from poverty and aren't used to having that much money, you have hangers on, and they pull you back. And from Floyd's perspective, he tries to keep up an image. So that's going to be his downfall because as much money as he makes, he spends more. So he has to maintain the lifestyle that he's built for himself. Right. And that's not possible, doing what he plans on doing, you which is... there will be longevity with his promotion company? I hope so, but name a fighter on Floyd's promotion company. It's... Uh, well, you don't know a lot, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, there was one fighter who you would know from Baltimore, and I think you mentioned him to Javante, me before. Yeah, yeah Javante yeah. Davis, Lil Tank. But he's, but not, he's a, not even on there anymore. Uh, so, yes, yeah, they have beef. So, yeah, what the thing. the whole uh, thing between him and McGregor? Like, did, did, was they had McGregor, a fight? No, but, but was McGregor underneath his promotion group or anything like that? No, McGregor has his own promotion. He has his own thing. Okay. Yeah. So, they co promoted that fight together. And, okay, okay. yeah, obviously, Floyd got the larger end of the purse because he was the A side. 
But Connor saw a fair amount of money, and Connor still fights, and Connor's in the prime of his fighting career for another couple of years. So he still stands to have enough matchups where they're going to net him enough money, and he still doesn't stand to take so much damage that it goes against his best interest not to fight. For Floyd, it goes against his best interest to fight because at this point, the contenders that he would have to fight to get those same nine-figure purses, right. he would probably get knocked the fuck out mm. or at least soundly beat. Mm. You know, he would get beat by Canelo now. He would probably get beat by uh, Vasily Lomachenko yeah, if he was to get in the ring with somebody like that. He would get beat by Terrence Crawford. He Why? would get his ass beat by Mikey could, Garcia, Errol Spence, been, Keith Thurman. He could have got beat by them if he would have came in if, if he before he retired. You don't think they would have given him a good run for his money? No, not back then. Now. There's a reason he waited to fight Manny Pacquiao until Pacquiao was past his prime. And there's a reason why now he's fighting Tenshin Nakasawa in an MMA boxing only rules exhibition in Japan. There's a reason for these things. It's because he's lost his luster on this side of the water. People don't want to see him fight the people he wants to fight for nine figure purses. You know, the appeal is gone. So unless he's going to fight somebody that actually can beat him now, which is what people want to see, he's going to have to do exhibitions and promote other fights. And that's not going to make him enough money. So he better hope that strip club starts making a lot of money. He better hope he can do a lot of press appearances, press engagements, or, you know, he's going to have to spend less. And I'm sure his accountants are telling him that. I'm sure his money managers are telling him that. I'm sure he recognizes that. So Floyd is going to keep fighting. Floyd's going to keep fighting. It's an unfortunate reality for a lot of fighters. Fighters That's fight. That's real. Gotta fight. You know, Roy Jones Jr. right now, he's talking about fighting Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> what? Are you serious? Yeah, Michael B. Jordan called him out. Wow. Michael B. Jordan was high on cocaine outside of a restaurant, and TMZ came up to him and asked him about, you know, we see you got kind of buff and got kind of in shape for this Creed movie. You know what you... Yeah, yeah, you know, I was training with Rocky. What, nigga? <laughs> you mean Sylvester Stallone, the fictional character... <laughs> Play Rocky you, That's what you're talking about Yeah I know Yeah I was training with Rocky Bro we in there uh, Who would you want to fight If given the opportunity You know You look like you can hold your own now Roy Jones Jr He said it off rip too He said it like Quicker than yeah, I came yeah, up with this impression yeah, like, There was some There was some black, Bad blood, blood between them We don't know <laughs> Like when he was nine years old He saw Roy Jones Jr. fight And was like I could beat that I'll nigga beat that. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? So yeah He he said yeah In his prime He did not mind out Probably He said he probably Would have knocked his ass First of all He definitely would have Beat the shit out of you With one hand mm -hmm. And he'll definitely do that Until he's 80 If he really wants to yeah, I mean I've seen Like Pro fighters in our old age now beat the shit out of dudes in the ring. There's just something about it. Something about that toughness. Something about that ability. It never leaves you. It's like riding a bike, baby. Put those gloves on and start throwing those punches. It's like muscle memory. So, yeah, fighters fight. And yeah, Floyd of the Wool. I mean, I'm not, I don't pray on anyone's downfall. I don't hope he goes broke. I hope that man is a model for all fighters and all athletes to become billionaires, maintain that. Legacy and pass it on to other fighters, especially since he's been, you know, relatively healthy. But I, you know, just seeing what I've seen, history typically repeats itself. It's an unfortunate reality, and he hasn't done a good job of making himself an icon of the sport like Ali did and right. Tyson did. You know, Floyd's just Floyd. You know, he's known for being hated, yeah. which is more being infamous. That's not really something you want to be known for.
It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. So, yeah, that's what's going on in sports. Um, yeah, a little bit of music. Uh, pop culture uh, bridge there. Yeah, a nice pop culture bridge. 50 Cent and the Sun, did you hear about this? I didn't, but that's another good segue because, you know, the whole 50 Cent and uh, Floyd Mayweather thing, that was good. That was good. Yeah, yeah a lot of beef. That's another bridge that 50 Burn, we can just talk about the bridges 50 Burn. This can be a 50 Burning Bridges podcast if we really wanted to. <laughs> I'm down for that. And go down that whole list. Apparently, he got beef with his own son. I mean, I knew this already, but... You know, that's the thing, though. You can say you beef with your, with your child. You can say you beef with Ken? Yeah, you can, apparently. Well, if we want to talk about beef, 50 Cent is the father of modern beef, right? I mean, he beefs with everybody. He's the one that put beef back on the map, really, in terms of making it marketable. You know what I'm saying? For album sales and shit. If anybody can beef with their own family, it's 50. If anybody can beef with their own family, it's 50. It's not even just your own family. That's your seed. Like, that child gave you your balls, man. You don't like your balls? Well... I guess not. I mean, <laughs> you know, there's like a lot of, uh, what's for animosity. You know, you get jealous of the young lion coming up. That's he might have deleted weird. the picture now. I was looking for the picture. That's why I have nothing to say. I was looking for the picture that he posted of him and his son. It was like his son and a friend, and it says something like, I wouldn't be upset if this little nigga got hit by a bus, or these two little niggas Damn. got hit by a bus. I wouldn't have a terrible day. Something he said like that. And then if you go down the laundry list of issues he and his son have had, it's all about... You know, 50 being an absent father, not necessarily intentionally, but he was on the road, and when he was trying to be around his son, he had issues with the baby mama, so he had to talk to his son through a lawyer. It's unfortunate, but that's a harsh reality of having money. And, you know, these are the beds they made for themselves. This is the sow you reap, my friend. And yeah, 50 Cent said some fucked up shit about his own kin. Sad. Sad, That's really sad. I don't don't want to get any deeper into that because... I just don't want to even, like, talk on the subject of bad fathers and neglected sons. It's just, ah. Well, let's not even bring that energy into this, then. Um, we can talk about more beef. A brother killed his entire family. Yeah, so an Italian man in uh, Pontiac or somewhere in New Jersey, mm-hmm. some Guinea fuck town in New Jersey, was uh, infiltrated. By hate and the devil, the dark hearts came up in this man's head. Or, I mean, you could just say that it was the common thoughts of any any man. I think this human being, human beings are capable of some dark shit, right? Mm-hmm. This dude and his brother were in a dispute over land or over property, some business they were managing together. He decides to kill his brother. I can understand that. You know, as old as time is, I'm not going to say I want to kill my own brother. I love my brother. But at the end of the day, I'm saying I can understand how a man could get to the point where he's so heated he can kill his own brother in the heat of battle. Whatever. Cain and Abel. Mm -hmm. Story as old as time. That's how human beings exist if you believe the good book. Now, what I don't understand is how you can then rationalize to go into the house, get the files that you needed to retrieve for whatever you were arguing over, then kill the man's wife. So you kill your sister-in-law, who I'm sure you've had barbecues with. You've been over to their house. You were at their wedding, presumably. Okay. Maybe she saw this happen. Maybe you feel like, all right, I have to kill her because she saw this happen. All right. 
then you decide, I gotta kill the kids. Jeez. I gotta get this knife that I just killed his wife with and kill his two daughters. Fuck, man. 5 a.m., you wake up to your uncle Joey coming in there with a knife. So, yeah, stabs both kids, runs outside, sets the house on fire. You better. What's the fuck? Destroying the evidence, make it look like an accident, whatever. There's no end to this now. Decides then. There's more. There is some. Uh, yep, there's more. That's right, because you. Ah, uh, Lord. I gotta go next door. This can't just be an accident for him. We own the business together. We gotta make it look like somebody attacked us. I'm gonna set my house on fire, too. Uh. His family was inside the house that he set on fire. Luckily, his wife and daughter escaped, find his crazy ass outside the house, and the rest is, as they say, history. Or present, because this motherfucker's on trial. We don't know what's gonna happen. But I don't know how a person can bring themselves to that many levels of psycho psychosis. I know it's not even relevant, but it's like how how successful was that business anyway? <laughs> like, like how the fuck oh, were y'all fighting over? Like, what were y'all really fighting over? Like, are you serious? And, see, family businesses, man. Or I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. Hope it was worth it, man. I hope it was worth it, but I'm sure it was not. But yeah, man, that's that's black people wouldn't do no shit like that. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna put that that's that's my last piece of energy on that. Black people wouldn't do no, no shit like that. I'm sure I could Google some crazy shit going on in Africa right now. That's what's so that's crazy. Africans, man. I'm talking about black Americans. That's true. <laughs> black Americans do some worse shit, man. Do some crazy shit. That, that, there was a black dude that cut off. He drove across state lines to cut off his ex girlfriend's new boyfriend dick. That's not his kin, though. It wasn't his kin. No, he wouldn't do that to family. What? Did it to somebody. That's crazy. That's crazy. But that's a new level of beef. So, it's internal beef between families. Um, I think we've gone long enough. Yeah. It's been, it's been fun, man. It's been about 45 minutes. What? I didn't even realize it had been that long. Dang. That's what happens when you're in the booth. It's like being in a time warp. It goes by slow and low. I appreciate everyone for tuning in. I'll be back next week with more topics. More shit to bounce around. Who knows, I might be back this weekend. If there's some pressing information that needs to be passed along, spill it! This is your source. I'd like to thank Tevin J for joining me. <laughs> no, we're gonna die on this podcast. You literally just restarted, not restarted, you started the fucking record back again just so you could thank me. You're hilarious. Cut this shit off, man. No. I did that because you asked me to. No, I didn't ask you to get back on the podcast. You see what I'm dealing with? This is why I don't have guests. No, I'm just saying. It was the principle, bro. It is the goddamn principle, all right? Thank you, guys. Tim J, follow me. I am Tim J. Anybody. We in it. More branding. Now take perks, my stomach turn. Stop taking perks, my stomach burn. May take a half when I hit it from the back. I'm going to beat the shit up like Ike turn. Check that bitch like she got Nike on her. Look at my wrist, he dance. Look at your bitch, she dance too. Scammer, bad bitch, yeah, I know she a scammer. For the bitch, then I'm out of the jammer. Don't go to bitch, yeah, I'm
this down, it's gon' hurt. All that bullshit for the bird. Keep that shit right to the curb. I keep the drink like a clerk. Dealing with pain, I deserve. Two times I third is third. Two, two, three, seven, eight, berserk. I get that check on the first. I get that check on the second, and I get that check on the third. Beefing with me, get your merch. Looking for me, better serve. I just been giving them hell. Like I can turn. Check that bitch like she got Nike on her.